0: this is teachers talk radio
1: and you are listening live good evening good afternoon good night good morning um although i'm not sure it's morning in many places at the moment how are you doing today i hope you're well um i am rather warm i must say it's uh it's approaching obscene season here in in seville and uh even though it's the twilight show I don't particularly feel like seven p m here in Spain is particularly twilighty um in fact to me it feels uh very hot lighty um I know that isn't a word, but you know I'm gonna sit here and sweat through it anyway I hope everybody is well. I hope you're all doing fantastically um I have had a good week it's been nice um what's gone on I saw an old friend which was very nice um I have um done quite a lot of walking in the mornings to make sure um that I'm still active um and yeah otherwise just doing bits and pieces here and there really to to see how things go now I can see that our our wonderful guest has arrived. I will be introducing him very shortly and, and bringing him in. Um, I'm going to let him sit there patiently, uh, awaiting the show, uh, while he drinks from what I have to say is probably the finest teacup I've seen in the last two or three months. Um, and that's quite a bold statement, considering the the jubilee celebrations that happened at the weekend. There were some, there were some fine teacups out and about uh, for that. I also have some exciting news about our um, our guest. Well, a few, a few bits of exciting news, actually, that we'll share very shortly. But something that I don't know whether he's aware of or not. Um, our previous show, uh, which was in November, uh, is top of the pops for my shows. Of the 45 shows I've done, it is the most downloaded show. Um, the other day, it was on 628 downloads. So... Uh, so um i was pretty delighted when when he said he'd come back because obviously people like listening to him um and rightly so uh he has lots of good things to say he also has a lovely accent um (laughs) so we will soon be speaking uh to tyson seaburn he he is back in the studio um and we'll be talking all sorts of things really i'm not going to spoil the surprise for you now um, and we're going to be celebrating with him as well. Um, something else, which I'll let Tyson tell you about because I don't want to steal his thunder on that. Um, and yeah, otherwise, that is what our show has in store for you today. It's me talking to Ty. Thank goodness. Thank thank goodness. Again, I've managed to get him one, as I say. Uh, but before that, before I, I roll out our star guest, I'm going to play the news and we'll be back very shortly.
3: £60 in bursary terms and conditions apply. Find out more at
4: If you're listening to this, then we know we share one thing in common: a passion for the type of outstanding education that every child deserves. That's what makes us the leading provider of specialist education and care. We need people like you to help us achieve even more. With us, you'll be given all the resources and support you need, offered a clear path to career progression and be rewarded with some of the best salaries and benefits the industry has to offer. We are Witherslack Group. If you'd like to find out more, we'd love to hear from you. Visit www.witherslackgroup.co.uk forward slash careers, and be part of our future.
0: This is Teachers Talk Radio, and this is Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn.
5: According to a report in The Independent, schools have begun giving free breakfast to all students sitting exams in an effort to support the rising numbers of families struggling with the cost of living crisis. Head teachers have said that to ensure that no one falls through the cracks, they have decided for the first time to offer free breakfast to pupils taking exams. Pep Delazio, head teacher of a secondary school in Sheffield, said We have gone over and above this year. We call it a warm up and it is just literally preparing for the exam. So we know they're good to go before the papers are out and before they go into the exam hall. A government spokesperson said, a nutritious breakfast at the start of the day can help a pupil's attainment and behavior. Our national school breakfast program backed by up to £24 million for two years is helping children in disadvantaged areas start the day with a healthy meal. We encourage all schools to use their increased core schools and recovery funding to help children and young people according to their needs, including with breakfast clubs. In Scotland, the EIS union, which represents around 80% of Scotland's teaching professionals, is hosting its AGM this week, with the recently launched Pay Attention campaign, which calls for a 10% pay rise for teachers amid the cost of living crisis taking centre stage. A rally is expected to take place on Saturday afternoon as part of the Pay Increase campaign. EIS General Secretary Larry Flanagan said, Now in its 175th year the EIS is the largest teaching union in Scotland the oldest national organisation of this type in the world. The EIS AGM is one of the key events in the calendar of Scottish education and always sparks considerable debate on the issues facing our education system. This year's event is the first physical AGM that the EIS has held for three years as a consequence of the Covid pandemic. Following two years of online meetings, our members will be looking forward to reacquainting themselves with colleagues in person and engaging in lively debates on the key issues facing Scottish education. This has been your latest Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn.
0: This is Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio.
3: Hello! We all buy a lot of stuff online. It's easier, more convenient, but finding the best price can be difficult. This week, let's talk about comparing prices and are reduced prices really a bargain? Without boring you with the law on price dropping, basically shops have to have had a product on sale at a higher price for a substantial time in the past six months to allow them to claim a price drop. If you research this, you'll see a lot of hits on the 28 day rule. 28 consecutive days being considered a substantial amount of time. If you're shopping on a site like Amazon, for instance, there's a website that will show you the past sale prices of a product. It's called Camel Camel Camel. That's three camels with no spaces. You can even set up a free account to send you a notification when a price drops. If you're shopping elsewhere, there's lots of price comparison sites around to help you find the best price. A simple search for price comparison will give you a huge list. My advice is find one you understand and trust and start saving. Do you have a favourite price comparison website? Why not get in touch at the TT Radio 2022 Twitter feed? Follow us and tell us what you want to know about tech. I'm Steve Woods and that was Two Minute Tech. Two Minute
1: Tech with Steve Woods. Your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Okay, I'm back. Can anybody hear me? Or has the microphone failed miserably? Can you I can be heard? Oh, well, I was nervously uh, paused for a moment there. So I am going to uh, bring forth to the stage somebody who needs little introduction. Um, I'll give him I will give him a little introduction though. Um, It's Tyson Seaburn, who you may know from such publications as How to Write uh, Inclusive Materials, uh, a title that has, I don't want to use too much hyperbole and say revolutionised my writing and my work, but it's certainly revolutionised my thinking. So, Tyson, thank you so much for joining us. I, I can't hear you. There's a... There's some kind of a muting issue here, so don't worry. We're going to solve it. I can see him, so I know he's there. Don't worry. He's not just a, mm-hmm. he's not just an icon in the corner. Oh, I can hear some noise. Can you hear me? I can. Look at that. Here he is. Hmm. How weird. I didn't do anything. <laughs> you know, it was just a fun false start. It, my mic oh, yeah. decided to work this week, so it was like, do you know what? <laughs> We're not going to have time mic work this week. Yeah.
6: Well anyway, as I was saying, <laughs> uh thanks so much for having me again. I feel like it's a reunion and um, you know, I uh am always happy to be on the other side of the hyperbolic
1: um complimentary stuff <laughs> <from> you. <laughs> so thanks. Uh, it's it is absolutely true though, because I I remember saying this to you um back in November when we first spoke. Remember to check that show out everybody as well. Um, top downloaded show but anyway (laughs) uh, I remember talking to you back then and saying you know at the time of the release of your book which we'll talk about when that was very soon um, for me inclusive teaching was ethnicity gender sexuality that was like that was it you know if you're going to be inclusive you need to make sure you, you know, at least include something of people that aren't just white, straight men. Well, that's a good principle. Yeah. <laughs> and that was like, that was basically the kind of level my level of understanding of some kind of inclusive teaching or inclusive materials. Your book like, helped me massively with that. And then our talk as well helped me realize that, you know, there are so many other people that also need to be included. Um, yeah, totally. So thank you uh, hey, for that.
6: You're welcome, and and to everybody listening, you're welcome. <laughs> I mean, it, it was it's been a like journey for myself, obviously too. You know, like every time I talk about the um, inclusive practices or pedagogy of belonging or whatever way we want to call it, um, I I kind of rework things out in my own understanding as well, and um, it helps articulate things a little bit better, and it helps things are straighter and and maybe a little bit more palatable or even you know clearer for for people including myself so opportunities like this
1: are welcome exactly i think for me that maybe one of the biggest areas that, that i just completely didn't even realize existed as a teacher were like neuro neurodivergent learners and i just didn't didn't even think about it. And up until last week, my knowledge of dyslexia was so incredibly basic. Now, it's mildly basic, I know a bit more. But you know, these are the areas that we don't kind of stop and think about as being like an inclusive learning. But obviously, if people aren't heteronormative, and and, you know, all of these other different areas, we need to consider everybody, like, there are so many individuals in the world and we always talk about, listen to your students and this, that, and the other, but I think understanding them is, is really important.
6: Well, yeah. And they are our students. Right. And they are us actually as well, you know, like I'm gay. That's why I'm, you know, writing this book initially, you know, it's based on some of my own experiences. And, but I mean, just before we move on as a quick aside, if you don't mind, um, go ahead, please. You said, you said, as of last week you something improved your understanding of dyslexia yes can I may ask what happened
1: well my my guest last week was Martin Bloomfield who's a dyslexia expert and like he just there were much like when we talked there were many moments where it was lucky that I was wearing a hat because I thought my mind had been blown and I was like (laughs) hang on a minute I had not even thought of that that hadn't even occurred to me and I I like to consider myself uh, somebody who pays attention to, to changes and somebody who tries to, to listen, as I say, to my students. But so many things that I just didn't know at all and had never even occurred to me. So it was it was quite a, it was quite big. It was, it was it was a big moment for me uh, last you have like A lot big of learning amazing moment. Amazing
6: guess,
1: honestly. Um, uh, and I have to be again. Uh, this this sounds like me being a sycophant fan here. Um, one of the big changes for me was so back when you agreed to come on the show it was about a month and a half before you actually came on i remember and that for me was a bit like wow there are like important elt people who w- are willing to speak to me and i don't only have to rely on like my the friends that i know but the these new other people i've connected with so it really boosted my confidence there, thinking <laughs> i can have like some important people on here like sharing their knowledge so again thanks for that
6: I, I like being referred to as an important ELT person that's really nice you I re- definitely I, are
1: fact,
6: well thank you I, re- I remember actually when we first you know sort of chit-chatted about this I remember just I think it was me that was going like well so when are you going to invite me on your show kind of thing and you just speaking like uh oh you want to come on my show like yes
1: <laughs> yes exactly you that know. I was like what hang on are you, really really did, did you just say thing. that
6: yeah i think we touched on this last time but i don't feel particularly important you
1: know it is,
6: what I,
1: it is. <laughs> exactly I, I know the. i know the the feeling like for for me um you know just harry the english teacher guy etc sustainability chap and i'm just so used to like being here in my bubble in my village and and Going and seeing people at face-to-face conferences recently and like Mm -hmm. connecting with so many people that I already knew, it was suddenly like, wow, these people know me as well. That's really cool. I know. Um,
6: Isn't that bizarre? It was
1: so weird. It was so weird. It's even
6: weirder when someone you don't know comes up to you and goes like, oh my God, are you Tyson Siebert?
1: (laughs) Yes. I'd find that really weird if they said that to me.
6: Well, yeah, probably, you know, given your name and all.
1: Exactly. Soundly. I yeah, I did bump true. into somebody from Toronto when I was in in in, in, in Belfast, and I, he said I he knew who you were. No, he said he knew really. who you were. I th- I'm trying to remember his name now. I, I, I even wrote it down in my notebook. Just it was a different one. It's, I want to say Christopher Watts, but it's probably oh, not that. Um, yeah,
6: um, I don't know him very well. If it's the guy you're referring to, but um I think I know that. who you're talking about. Like there's exactly. really only a handful of people from Toronto that go
1: to you know, I thought that might be the case. Well that was one of my first questions. You know. Yeah, my yeah. first question was, do you know Tyson Seaburn? Like <laughs> have, you met, have you ever met him in face to face? But yeah, it was uh it was not like Peter's here, for example. Um I got to meet Peter, which was lovely and wonderful. And as he is, you know, quite a, a statuesque gentleman he's also quite tall he didn't tell me yeah, i was really? tall which was lovely it was lovely to not be told i was tall for, for for once which was really nice um obviously it's not a bad thing to be tall but when people are oh wow no, hi I mean, harry you're tall <laughs> really I, hadn't noticed. I
6: wish i was a little bit taller i wish i was a baller
1: <laughs> there you go <laughs>
6: um you no. are a baller. Because I, i'm actually oh, thanks but i'm actually relatively short actually I think um, like I'm 5 nine, which is like 176 or something, something like that.
1: Yeah.
6: Yeah. So I, I think I am always impressed when I go face to face and see someone, you know, as, you know, both slender and tall, like yourself, even though I wouldn't know that necessarily just from you sitting down.
1: Oh, yeah. But
6: I, I mean, I, I will keep in mind, you know, that, you know, it's, it's not a characteristic you want constantly thrown at, your face I
1: suppose. So. Oh no, it wasn't. Be, it wasn't like any like being offended. It was just the almost repetitiveness of it. Like everyone yeah, I met, it was sure. like it, it was, it's, it's not a criticism of anybody. Obviously, it's the first like thing that you notice. But it's like, oh yeah, I am. I am tall. It's funny because my daughter's got the same thing. Whenever she sees somebody, they're like, oh, you've grown. She's like, huh, I'm a child. Children do that. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's, but- it's
6: not dissimilar to all the you know the comments that not LGBTQ only necessarily go through, but I mean, any type of inclusive related person, I guess that we're sort of lumping into this crowd, you know, they often, we often feel the same way when we're sort of categorized and, in, you in, you know, sort of talked about in a, in a certain way all the time, you know, like yeah. larger people are always commented about what they're eating, for example, you know, and it's not dissimilar, although maybe yours isn't really so... It's negative, it's, yeah. It's not
1: negative, it's not negative mm-hmm. at all. Um, mm-hmm. it's yeah, it's it's a statement of the obvious, it's not negative, so yeah. <laughs> um, what was I gonna, yeah, we're celebrating, aren't we? Today, yes. we are celebrating, we absolutely are. I, uh, Tell us why I, we're celebrating.
6: Well, I even have a piece of cake. I told people that I would bring cake, and uh, this is cake.
1: He brought the donut
6: for those of you who are not looking at it, but um it is very soon to be the one year anniversary of the publication of the how to write inclusive materials book which is a complete coincidence in terms of um you and i <laughs> organizing this thing and then i've got the book club for Ibsen sig later this week it just so happens to fall in the one year anniversary week but but uh it is and so i'm very excited about that
1: what a good time um and i've seen a lot of people online bestowing its virtues as well so me too. You, you did a good one, eh? You did a good one. Uh, yeah, I'm very happy. So, yeah, congratulations on that. Um, and we didn't talk about last time, which was funny. We didn't talk about your first hashtag. Mm. How really? to inclusive. We didn't, we we very much brushed over it, um, mm. but we didn't actually get to the crux of it. And as you mm. now have another one, mm. I feel we should maybe have some backstory with the first one. Sure
6: and apologies for anybody who's listening i i just took a bite of my cake um well to be honest i um i didn't really put a huge amount of thought into the first um hashtag which may be self-evident if you think about it a little bit but um since the book is called how to write inclusive materials i wanted to reflect that in some way um but that is an incredibly long amount of thing to write in a hashtag. And I wanted to, to be, you know, a little bit more punchy. So I thought, okay, well, we'll keep the how-to part. And then do I like write how to be inclusive? Well, that's not really what it is. And I thought, you know, the, the main crux of it is inclusive, right? So let's keep that in there. And so I just squished it to how-to inclusive. And I thought, um, I thought that got the main point across basically in the fewest amount of words and and something that would be easy to write. What I didn't really anticipate was any kind of grammatical pushback <laughs> <laughs> on um, how cringy it sounds to put those things together, I guess, to some ears. And I, um, my first reaction to that was, well, you know, suck it up, you know, it's not, <laughs> it's not a big deal. And, um, you know, hashtags don't need to be perfect and neither are we. And, you know, at the same time language evolves and people use it in, in mysterious and different ways that we all have to sort of get used to and so i thought you know i'm just going to stick with how to inclusive instead of change it up and and so that's what it stuck with um, this i whole think
1: time. the i think this idea of having to have a grammatically correct hashtag seems a little <laughs> bit odd to me because you know it's not something that traditionally is particularly grammatically correct. It's it, As you say, it's, you know, artistic license, there are ways around it. Um, yeah. But you have a new one, you have a new hashtag.
6: I do. What's that one? This about? one is
1: grammatically correct. <laughs> Good um, news.
6: Yeah, well, it's also three words, um, which it is something I was thinking about on the way to this interview this morning, if you want to call it that, is I, I, I like three for some reason, I like, um, I like the, the rhythm of three words in a row or three things with an and in a list. Um, for some reason, I think a long time ago when I was learning how to write, not like physically learning how to write, but learning how to be a writer. Um, one of the techniques that I had learned was to do, a, you know, always make a point with three sort of sub points. And so it was always this, this, and this. And as a result. I think I've, stuck with three for some reason and um it
1: works Though, like a lot of you know things that you hear reduce reuse recycle for example and then all of all of boris johnson's three word platitudes that he used throughout uh the the pandemic and such you know the people three words works it stays punchy it's it's, i didn't mean to compare you to boris johnson by the way that was not the aim that was really rude of me my (laughs) apologies. he didn't come up with the phrases he probably couldn't string three words together anyway um, I anyway. have no idea
6: what the three words he might have said anyway, because I pay zero attention to him. So good,
1: good. He's awful. Yeah. He is awful. Um, but yeah. Back to your, back to your, <laughs> um, your new hashtag.
6: Anyhow, I um, yes, I was earlier this year thinking um, I might kind of take a year off, but instead of doing that, uh, I decided that I would just reframe how to inclusive in kind of a different way that Mm -hmm. may give a little bit i don't i don't want to say new life to the book necessarily because it's not like it's died at all but um a, a different approach to it or something that people would react differently to and so i i've been sort of toying around with the concept of a pedagogy of belonging for a while not because i came up with that but i it is something that's sort of around in the queer community or or in the queering education um, sort of field or sector. And um, it aligns with most of what I believe in, right? You know, Because it's one of the key principles of inclusivity is to make a space where everybody belongs. And in fact, the belonging part is actually the preferred term I think to inclusive, um, because of course, inclusive suggests that you have the power to exclude and we don't like that necessarily. However, inclusive is the word that we're stuck with. So many people say, oh, well, belonging actually is, is a, is a better phrase. So anyway, I thought, um, okay, I'm going to rephrase, or I'm going to put out some social media posts that kind of talk about the ideals of how to write inclusive materials, but from a sort of grander sort of pedagogy of belonging sense. And so I did that and, um. Then I thought, okay, I need a hashtag to kind of put this together with it. And it made sense that we wanna teach people that we belong, right? That we want other teachers and other students and and all sorts of people to realize that we as underrepresented or, or even represented people, we all belong in the classroom and in the educational space. So it became Teach We Belong. And so now that is the hashtag that I'm adding alongside how to inclusive, just to keep the people on their toes when they're looking
1: <laughs> there at all you these go. Subjects. Yeah. There you go. It's been, it's been a year, so you need to bring some fresh, not fresh life, but you know, something fresh in there. Now, and it is, it's funny that you say that because I know with like, the work I've done and, and the work I'm doing, if you mention the word sustainability in certain crowds, mm. there'll be an instant kind of a number of people will switch off because they've heard it so many times from here, there and everywhere. So they'll hear sustainability and they'll be like, they'll flick a switch in them. I think like that's not, it shouldn't be, but it could well be an issue with the word inclusive, people will hear inclusivity, inclusive, and suddenly they be like, oh, this again, these aren't the right people, obviously, but having that kind of fresh approach to it, you know, and the, the idea of belonging, maybe that will catch five or six of those, I don't want to call them morons because they're not necessarily morons, but you know, those people um, oh. who definitely are not morons, um, maybe another a fresh way for them to to look at it, because it, it, they sure. do become kind of buzzwords within within education.
6: Yeah, no, that's absolutely true. And I think, you know,
1: as a marketing genius myself, <laughs> as, as, obviously, uh,
6: yeah, obviously. Um, I want to reach the widest net and, you know, get the most people on board, right? That's the whole point. Oh. Um, and I I've, I don't want to cater to, you know, the fragile, straight white man necessarily. No offense. But um, I'm taken. Well, you're not fragile anyhow. Uh, but I still want to appeal <laughs> to a wide variety of people. And um, I think a pedagogy of belonging does, in fact, have a kind of I don't know, a mass appeal to an educational perspective, more so. I mean, maybe when you think of inclusive practices, maybe the first thing that does come to mind is, is gay people. And not that it shouldn't, but um, maybe that is one way people just turn off. Like they just, I've heard this before, or I know all about it, or I, I do exactly what I am comfortable with, and, or I'm not comfortable with, whatever And maybe this is just another way to grab some people's attention.
1: Um, just using different words because as we all know, words matter. They definitely do. They definitely do. And yeah, it's, it's, it was great. I went to, to Michelle Worgan's talk uh, about, you know, teaching inclusively. Um, and it it was again, another one of those moments where she was looking more at sort of neurodiverse students yeah because that's what she'd studied and worked on and this is what i love about elt and the way it's moving forward that there's there's no one way to teach every different person you know there are so many different ways but there are also so many different people that are bringing stuff to the table mm-hmm. to enable people who aren't Maybe up to speed, or who want to be up to speed but don't really know how to do it. Um, mm-hmm. They want to have those materials. I mean, Peter was was in here before. He's made some some wonderful lesson plans recently. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it is just that fact that now there are so many people out there that we can look towards that we can that we can find to help us with, you know, each of these different areas of of belonging. I guess.
6: Yeah. For sure. I mean, it, it's funny because I wonder how many of them were there already, and maybe just now feel empowered or you know, comfortable with being louder. But I think, in fact, there was a lot of uh, new voices that, you know, just jumped on board and, and gladly so. I mean, obviously, we want to make sure that we do it justice and we do things correctly. Um, not that there's one necessarily correct way, but um, there's ways not to. Be inclusive—that's for sure—and tokenized mm-hmm. and so on. And I do see, you know, a lot of people um, now saying they're diversity and inclusive advocates, or in diversity and inclusion um, consultants, or things like that. And it does seem a little bit abrupt, or all of a sudden. But at the same time, you know, we couldn't stay just with one or two people talking about it forever. And, um, I'm glad that a lot of people are feeling that it's, it's worth their time and, and money to invest in, in their own understanding. And then they become consultants too. I mean, there's a good community online and I, I don't know everybody. And I don't, honestly, I don't know everything that people have produced, so I can't easily, um, promote one person's materials or another necessarily. Um, but. I'm super glad that there's a wide variety of people that are giving it a shot. And I've been, yeah, I've been connected. Yeah, I've been connected with quite a few of them who've, you know, gotten a hold of me on LinkedIn or something like that and tried to sort of talk through some of the, their ideas and i have helped here and there. But, um, you know, everybody's trying to take up one of my chapters, which was, you know, learn about this <laughs> stuff yourself <laughs> you <know? laughs> and they're doing it. So, you know, that's amazing.
1: Well, that's it like they, you know, it's all well and good to, to you know, listen to, to experts and chat to experts, but there are times when you need to get in there and, you know, get your hands dirty, as it were, you need to, to give it a try and, and actually get out there and, and try these different things. Now, for example, I have a, a kid's class um, and there's, there's a boy in the class who takes a really long time to copy anything down from the board like a really long time. Um, but he's really bright. So like, you know, we're, we're speaking and you know, he he's shy. But, you know, his responses are they're fine. They're good. Um, they're well constructed for a seven year old child who's in their first year of learning English. Um, you know, I am wearing a blue t shirt. It's fine. But then when he comes to copy it down from the board, like it he get, gets stuck. And that's one of the, the ideas that, you know, perhaps is neurodivergent. And I was just like, rather than me saying, oh, hurry up, Ruben. Come on, everybody else has finished, which would be what I may have done in the past. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you're in a classroom, you want to finish, you want to get on to the next activity. And, you know, we've all made mistakes. I just kind of stopped and thought, hmm maybe he needs a bit more time maybe we need to do it in a different way maybe we need to say it so he can hear it and he doesn't have to just copy it down from the board and i just Mm -hmm. saw in myself like in my actual teaching that things are changing for me because of people like you like my writing has definitely become more inclusive but my worry is i don't want it to become tokenistic because i've Mm -hmm. seen a few books that have been made and i I love that ELT textbooks are changing. I love they're including more about the environment. I love they're 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 trying to be more inclusive. Um but I wonder if occasionally it feels a bit like tokenism.
6: Could be. I mean it's very difficult to assess um something just based on an isolated incident or an isolated project like this was one of the problems i had with consulting people online about their materials was really you want to to avoid tokenism you have to look at a sort of larger scale sometimes Um, in other words you know if you look at an entire course book as opposed to like one page of a course book you know the if you look at just one page or one lesson of a course book series, it can be blurry, to be honest, to decide whether something, you know, a queer person is added tokenistically or meaningfully. I mean, yes, there are some ways to, uh, to be careful of that, you know, like having, um, you know, not just the, the cliche version, for example, appear, or even, you know, solely a negative version or a negative stereotype, whatever. You know, that is one way to avoid um, tokenism. But when you don't have the frequency of included people, like, you know, you you don't have the opportunity to have a gay person on every single page, of course, you know, that would be ridiculous. Um, That minimizes the amount you can really tell if someone is doing something tokenistically or actually you know with real belonging in, in mind you know you need variety you need individualism you need you need to see how the story is told and seeing one person for example is just not a, an easy enough way so i always say you know to to not worry too much you know start with usualization because that's sort of the quickest way to you know adapt your materials and and feel some inclusive Um, representation and practice out of it but then look at your sort of what you're doing as a whole you know a whole series or or a wide variety of materials that you've written not just one small lesson and um that will give a better indication i think as to how you're doing you know in terms of an inclusive practice writer yeah i mean and it's the same in your in your classes too right if you have you know think of it in terms of observation you know when you observe another teacher if you go in and you watch one lesson and then you come out you don't really get a good sense of their teaching style necessarily or how good they are because there can be a whole bunch of factors involved as to why they taught this way or that way and so you want to do it sort of repetitively repetitive repeatedly you know so you can see them in action multiple times and i think it's not dissimilar
1: you know when we're talking about materials writing to keep an eye and make sure yeah that it is like the whole the whole book isn't just the jobs page where they've flipped the gender roles basically and yeah okay there's the firefighter is a woman and the nurse is a man and the doctor Mm -hmm. is a woman um which i think is you know is very important to have that that representation of, of um of females in in these different roles but number one can we stop teaching firefighter as our go-to job because <laughs> like don't you know a lot of firefighters <laughs> i i know one ex-firefighter like that i've met in my entire life but you know how about data entry worker or mm. um i don't know t- teacher talk radio host something interesting like that you know <laughs> but it's, al- it's always the same kind of jobs and and yeah when you when you suddenly see in like a new textbook that every single one of the roles has been like reversed. And it's just, you just think, I don't know how genuine that is or if that's just, we need to tick this box.
6: Well, that's, I mean, you, you, you bring up a perfectly good example of probably a tokenistic approach to things, you know, a, a very shallow understanding of what it means to be inclusive, you know. And even in the, in the book, somewhere, I don't remember where, I I talked about how, you know, are we doing this, you know, purposefully, or are we going to the opposite extreme, you know, like, is every woman a doctor, you know, you know, and or an engineer or something like that, like, that's not realistic either. So like, the point of inclusive practices is not the only point, but one of the points is to represent reality, you know, and reality is not the whole world is gay and where the whole world is you know female ceos you know like that's not realistic either and i'm you're so glad kind of... you
1: said female ceo and not she <laughs> like that that's something that just <laughs> i find God. that so demeaning yeah well i
6: wouldn't say female ceo under normal circumstances either but you know since we're talking about gender um have you ever seen a a Twitter account called man who has it
1: all. No, but I'm definitely going to be checking it out.
6: It's hilarious. Um, Basically it's, uh, it's tweeting on the presumption that the world is sort of opposite in terms of gender roles. And so instead of the woman who has it all, like the wife, the mother, you know, the executive, all doing all these things at once um it basically it's replacing that with man and so it shows how ridiculous it is to even place a gender in this sort of frame at all because when you see it with men you know it's a little humorous and you you go why is it so humorous when it's a man we're talking about and that just shows how ridiculous it is to refer to women in these particular ways um, as well but you I mean you really have to check it out in order to, to get a full grasp of what I'm talking about. Oh, and it's not meant to, out. yeah, it's not meant to, of course, you know, suggest, um, you know, men should be the one who are regarded in this way either. It's just to highlight, I think, how ridiculous it is that women at all, wherever, you know, the cookers and the cleaners are, you know, should women, you know, um, be a mother and um, work a nine to five job and except yeah. it's replaced with men should you know should a man well, really do that
1: you well know? it's exactly that like you hear about working mums but nobody says oh he's a working dad
6: yeah
1: like but hang on i am like mm. i i work and i'm a dad but no apparently that's that's not a thing but a working mum no. is a thing and that 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 expectation that the societal like view on the, gender, the traditional gender roles is so infuriating. And here in Spain, it is absolutely awful. I know it's not great everywhere else in the world, but here in Spain, it's just so, and, and it's drilled into kids from a very young age as well. As you know, like you'll go into a toy shop and it's just boys here, girls here. Um, and I even remember going into a toy shop and there was a a, a little girl playing with a, a boy's toy. A boy's toy. I've got inverted commas there, everybody, please, just mm. so you know. Um, and the grandma saying, no, 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 they're for boys. The girls' toys are over here. And you just think, that's just, that's where it's, it's, mad. it's that that's everything that's wrong. You know, And one yeah. day I got home from work. My wife and I were both working full time. We got home. My mother-in-law was there. Um, she was looking after our daughter. Uh, got home, walked through the door. My wife had maybe been home three or four minutes my mother-in-law said aren't you going to make him some chips he's been out working all day <laughs> my wife was just like i won't use the exact words i'll paraphrase um <laughs> if he wants chips he can make his own chips um i missed a couple of expletives in there um <laughs> but yeah it's and it's and it just, it continues like you hope yeah, it's that just it's
6: just con- constantly reinforced and it's it's hard to push back against that all the time, you know, like that is just exhausting. And, um, you know, like when I was a kid, I was I was fortunate in some ways because my, my mom was very headstrong. And um, even though she didn't approve of me being gay, at least when I was quite young and hoped I wouldn't be, I suppose, um, she did uh, often let me play with Barbie dolls because I really enjoyed playing with Barbie dolls. And I remember we went to a store in small town province that I live in, um, to, to get a toy for me for the weekend. Um, cause we were going to a, a cottage and I wanted, you know, Barbie twirl and curl or something like that. And, um,
1: the best one this.
6: Yeah, of course. Right. And then the, the manager was like, Oh, you know, are you getting this for your boy? And my mom was, like I'm gonna bleep, bleep 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 whatever my boy wants, you know. If he wants to play with the Barbie doll, I'm gonna bleep 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 get the Barbie doll for him. And I was just like, ah, you know. It just showed, in some ways, you know, adults can push back, even though there are these sort of stupid artificial stereotypes that are out there, and um, gender roles that are sort of continuously being reinforced and i can only i can only imagine how it must feel to raise an actual human who you want to you know teach them that these are not real things and yet as soon as they go outside into society they're just bombarded with messaging that girls do this and wear this and look like this and
1: boys do this and so on exactly that well and i can understand in some regards with some clothes because body shapes are different and perhaps somebody like you know the the shape of a pair of pants would be different or underwear for example I'm going to be honest f- underwear designed for a female for me I don't find particularly comfortable um not for long periods of time uh speaking from experience uh, well you tried it <laughs> you know. exactly you got you can't knock it till you tried it <laughs> um so yeah I understand that things like there are items of clothing that are different but with my daughter for example you know if we're buying some uh Chandal, how do you say that in english chandal is tracksuit if we're getting tracksuit like anything tracksuit it's like well which one do you want well i like the blue one over there in the boys section well we'll get that Mm -hmm. one you know Mm -hmm. and i remember a very similar incident with with my mum when we went when i went shopping for for shoes for sneakers um and I chose some that were in the, the girls' section that fit me perfectly when I was maybe eight or, or nine. And the the woman in the shop was like, but they're for girls. Mm-hmm. And my mum did something very similar, <laughs> you know.
6: <laughs> well, good on mums for more or less just wanting to defend their kids, even if they don't agree, <laughs> you know, necessarily. But, you know, the, the one thing that's, you know, we're talking about male-female binary gender roles, but, you know, this is very relevant to straight versus gay as well you know like even even when being gay was kind of going through a a cool phase for me Mm -hmm. when you know in society there was sort of like that in the late 90s um there was a bit of a applause if you appeared straight or you acted straight or you looked straight or you wore straight clothes but you were gay, you know, like you were the non-threatening kind of gay guy. Oh, okay, that to, one, yeah. To, um, but I mean, not only that, you were just—it was socially acceptable to be kind of to be gay in theory, as long as you sort of looked straight and acted straight, because straight is the epitome that you're supposed to live up to. Like that is what you're supposed to want to be like, even if you are gay. That was the sort of messaging we're often given, and it's not dissimilar to the male, female, gender role stuff, you know, like my, my premise more these days is just to completely reject the idea that straight heteronormative anything is the ideal to which any of us need to live up to. And we shouldn't be applauded when we do do that or when we don't do that, you know, like if I, um, you know, I can clearly remember people saying, oh, well, I didn't know you were gay, you know, like as a, as though that was a compliment.
1: Yeah. <laughs> congratulations. When eating,
6: I'm like, well, you you it know, well, I'm really good at strutting, you know, I'm really good at acting normal, quote unquote. And, um, I think that still, you know, is still a thing today, you know, like people, straight society is more comfortable when queer community acts straight <laughs> you know or or is you know it's a more palatable version of us and um, either
1: that or the caricature version or the kind of yeah. you know the huge over the top super gay gay that everybody loves because they're just fantastic but it's that oh yeah
6: the, the girl's best friend
1: e- exactly someone to go shopping <laughs> with right there's yeah, there's yeah. you know there's that one and then there's the 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 the, the gay person that appears straight yeah I, I absolutely see see where you're coming from there and... and
6: and that's where representation is so important not only you know in elt materials although of course um but in in the world in media and so on you know when i grew up there was no gay guy like me like yes we we like men but um i was never you know when i came up to my sister or my friends you know they're kind of like instantly going like oh i'm so glad and now i have a gay best friend you know saying my friends were females actually yeah. and um <laughs> and we can go shopping and you must be really good at design and all this kind of stuff and i was just like I, that's not no like it doesn't come with being gay <laughs> with being you know, gay automatically gay.
1: inherently you know, good was, at design
6: <laughs> i know i was never like that and you know i had i had long hair even even then which was you know much more of a straight guitar playing guy appearance than a queer man, you know, didn't really have the look that I that I had at the time. And so I always felt bizarre being gay. And also like it wasn't just a matter of accepting that I was gay. It was also just a matter of like, oh I'm not the the gay guy that you see on TV with the boa and you know you know, you know the the big lisp and um, you know the fashion queen and all this kind of stuff. That just wasn't me, and I tried. I tried to be like that, but um, it just wasn't who I am. So,
1: and that's so that's, again, like if you're trying to play, almost play up to that stereotype, then you're not being you, which is yeah. you know the whole yeah. point of belonging. Like if you feel like you have to be a different kind of you to be accepted for you, then you don't belong. Like it's right. Yeah, you know, it's a bit. It's
6: a- It's accepting everybody as they are. I mean, provided no one's a criminal, you know, quote unquote criminal or hurting other people, but it's accepting people who, how they are and meeting them at that point, you know, from an education perspective, at least. And I think that, you know, that relates just back to the, the little boy you were talking about initially, right? The, the fact that you're going to try to meet that boy at his sort of present ability or maybe ability isn't the right word, but approach to learning is, um, you know, a key characteristic of a pedagogy of belonging and it works all sorts of ways. You know.
1: I think that thing about, you know, you being you or you do you, that kind of thing, that approach, that idea, um, the way we you know, look at our students, look at our, our classes is, is so important because now my granddad used to say something. He was a very, uh, what was the word? he was a wise man. He was a wise man. He said to me, Harry, you're going to meet a lot of people in your life. And you know what? Some of them will be a different color to you. Some of them, you know, they might have a different sexual orientation. Again, I'm, I'm paraphrasing to what he, exactly what he said. He said okay. But at the end of the day, there's only two types of people. There are dickheads and there are people that aren't dickheads. Don't be a dickhead. You know, that was his, like, that's the, one of my lasting memories of my granddad, what he said to me. And it was just like, that's just so true. Like, yeah. if if what Tyson's doing isn't what I would do, but isn't hurting me or affecting me in any way, what right do I have to tell him that what he's doing is wrong? In fact, if other people are telling him what he's doing is wrong, surely I should be there to say he can do what he wants as long as he's not hurting anybody.
6: Yeah, that's, I mean, that's what an active ally would do, right? So, I mean, good on you for that perspective, you know, don't just stand as a bystander either, you know, stand up and use your power and privilege when you have it. Um, And I agree with you exactly, you know, like, if you want to boil it down to don't be a dickhead, that's, you know, basically the, way to go through life, really, right?
1: you know, exactly that.
6: <laughs> and, uh, you know, point out when other people are and, it, you know, it works the same way with, um, you know, you said, um, what right do you have to complain to someone or point out to someone how they're living is right or wrong or whatever, if it doesn't personally affect you? I think that's just, you know, a good way to look at everything, you know, pe- people tend to feel the right to condemn whatever it is that you do or look or act or behave or say or whatever when it just seems like they're doing it for the sake of doing it, you know, like, and I think there's, you know, there's a certain amount of biblical high ground that people come from as a perspective, which, you know, I don't tell you not to, do whatever it is that you're doing you know with the fact that you go to church every week i might think it's a complete waste of time but i'm not going to like come down on you and say you know it's appalling that you waste your time once a week to do this thing that you believe in <laughs>
1: you know so you know
6: go do this thing that is you, you. do
1: yeah exactly this thing that is you that isn't affecting me in any way i'm not going to tell you that it's wrong yeah exactly
6: i will just you know walk by holding my boyfriend's hand you know and Do you know and that's, you as we're going well, <laughs> there you go
1: that's something that that i have really loved to see in in the city that i live in in seville um and i kind of feel bad every time it happens that i'll see a gay couple walking by holding hands and i'll be like yes the, you know her, they're doing it in public, they're not scared, they're not hiding away. this is brilliant. and then I think, why am I thinking <laughs> that this is brilliant? Like this is just normal, this should be just yeah. normal. I shouldn't be internally celebrating that that that's just happened. But because I want more people to, to be open about themselves, be free to be open about themselves and not be afraid of what might happen, then you know it, it kind of has this this glorious moment inside. But then you think, but awful stuff has happened in Spain you know, in the last six or seven months. So I can understand why they might not want to hold hands in public. It's also, it's very hot yeah. at the moment. So holding hands is just, it's just, <laughs> it's, it's just, it's sweaty business at the moment.
6: Well, you'll just have to find another way to be affectionate, I guess. But I mean, you're, you're not alone. I mean, I I too, to be honest, am thrilled when I, like I live in the neighborhood to be, you know, like actually, like I see it all the time, but I'm still thrilled every time I see two men kissing in public or holding hands or whatever and I, you know i have to purposely not stare and you i want to because i'm just so enamored with this beauty that i'm you know seeing which just didn't happen when i grew up and i i see it often enough that i probably should just get over it but it still it still makes my heart sing a little bit when i see people feel the freedom you know to be themselves and act how they want and dress how they want and whatever, and you know it's really an just an, an active um behavior of mine to like just go, okay, calm down, tie you know like, <laughs> it's great and all you know you can celebrate internally as much as you like, and you can post about it if you want to, but you know, don't take pictures and don't you know <laughs> do all those kind of things
1: you know. that might look weird <laughs> it,
6: you know I think that the the bigger response is to do it yourself, you know like to. You know in your case of course you know holding a man's hand isn't probably going to be a thing you do but you know being with your friends who do hold their hands together and not making a big deal of it in public is a way that you support that without like just clapping in there you
1: know, <laughs> stuff like that look look everybody look what's happening over yeah. here they, they're my friends they take me shopping <laughs> yeah. um.
6: exactly and when you you know when your daughter brings home a girlfriend and if that were to happen and you just are totally normal, that is the way that you react. You know, that is the way that you show the support as opposed well, to
1: exactly worrying that. about it. Yeah, um, we, We're we very, you know, open with, with our daughter and we talk a lot about everything, to be honest. Um, and what we were talking about an, an, an animal recently, I think, on the way to school. And I mentioned, you know, i think the dog walked past i was like oh what what do you think he's called um or he or she sorry he she or they daddy and i was just like Mm -hmm. yes yes i mean i know you're referring to a dog and it's not exactly Mm -hmm. the same but still like you're aware of it you're you know you're you realize and you know you take this on board and i'm gonna be honest her favorite tv show is queer Eye. like Mm It, it's. I, I think it should be everybody's favourite TV show. There is no show better to have, like, a good cry to. It's just like, <laughs> that is just, it's so heartwarming. I absolutely love it. And on the subject of queer, it is oh. Pride Month this month. Um, yeah. Now, again, there's this, there is this kind of divided opinion with, with Pride Month. Um, I'm going to mention a post that you put up the other day, which is you know, kind of cut all of the negativity that's attached to pride away for me, because Mm. it is does just feel horrible that so many corporations and, you know, all of these different brands suddenly June the first BAM. Pride everywhere, you know, we have got our pride logo. We're going to put it in our email. Like when we sign off on our email, all of this whole month, we're doing that. Obviously, right. unless it's our Middle Eastern branch, in which case we'll leave it exactly the same um, because that would be terrible. Mm. Um, but yeah, what opportunities can we take? And yeah, that do you, would you like me to read the post that you put up the other day? Because it was sure. super impactful. Um, sure. And it said, it says, pride is important because someone tonight still believes they're better off dead than being themselves. Now, I well, read that and I just wanted to cry yeah i think that was a common
6: response actually and a human response quite frankly but but it it is you know a post that was made i found to be i honestly can't really remember the artist off the top of my head but um, sterling graves oh thank you uh but it did cut through the noise a little bit and you know help myself, as well go like, why is pride still important? Should we still be doing this, you know? Um, and that is 100% the reason like, even if you still even if you feel like um, lots of ground has been covered, and we've made tons of progress, and, and that might be the case in your area. But there are areas of the world, you know, and not even the world, even even Toronto, like, which is super gay in many respects, um, still has, you know, people and families who don't accept their children and and so on for being gay. And, you know, this is an important reason that those people need to see. Other people are very proud of it and you can be proud of it too. And even if your, you know, family doesn't believe in you, there's a chosen family out there that you can find that, um, that will think it's okay for you to be you, and so like even to address you know like the the corporate or capitalist perspective of pride and so on that you know uh, you and many people including myself um, are irritated by, I have to admit that it's better than no one acknowledging pride or um, you know being on board, even if it is just for a month like it's it's not the worst scenario, you know, growing up, we, we didn't have yeah. anybody mention pride ever at all, even though it existed in Toronto when I, where I grew up, it wasn't, even, it didn't trickle down. And so it would have been so cool if Coke had a pride related super gay commercial that I saw on television like that just would have been awesome. Yeah. And so the fact that that exists now, even if it is, um, you know
1: um what's that word i want to say operation
6: no even
1: if they're doing uh, it to get money and you know it's yeah
6: yeah yeah whatever it is that word is that i'm trying to think of that I having a brain fart is right now but <laughs> um even if it is that uh you can call them out on that afterwards you know like if they don't maintain or don't have policies and so on I don't necessarily think we need to use pride as the moment to like throw up how awful all of these things are. Um, let's celebrate pride. Let's figure out what it is that is important as principles to take from pride, and then let's apply those things to
1: companies and to our own lives, first and foremost, quite frankly. And then how, how can we use pride in our classrooms? Is that a genuine question for me it's or is it like question. a metaphor? It's a genuine question. No, how can we use it, you know, um, like how can we use it as an, as an easy way to kind of get to queering ELT, I think, as you would put it? Um, well,
6: I do think that because it is a festival that is happening amongst all sorts of festivals, I mean, it's worth bringing into the classroom, especially if it is one that is celebrated quite obviously around the learning environment and have the students bring in, you know, different things that they find like posters or social media posts or what have you. And, and um, yeah, more or less talk about where Pride started from probably and how it got um, going. And, you know, so, so people in English too can understand the roots of this, that it wasn't just a corporate celebration. You know, it started with, you know, uh, riots, and yep. how you know gay people were treated at the time so i think that that is a sort of historical jumping off point as long as you do that for all sorts of things not just pride and you also don't reduce gay people into pride month as your lessons and then that's the end of it you know that would be tokenistic <laughs> um it's so good it's certainly it, good
1: as a starting point for for teachers to even to get them to start thinking about things and to to get them to have their ideas uh, about yeah. what they could do, particularly, you know, as June in, in where we are, it's the, the last month of of term. So maybe it would seem tokenistic, but it could then set the the bar for the next year when they're moving forward with their, I don't know, materials creation or something like that. Um, well, that's a good idea. Yeah. Uh, for I mean, me, though.
6: Also...
1: It... No, no, go ahead. I was, I was just was... thinking,
6: Pride... Shut up, Harry. <laughs> Pride, um, Pride is also a time where there's lots of resources that are available. That's what I was going to say. So like out of all times of the year, Pride is when you actually get exposure to, oh, here's a whole bunch of books and authors and queer authors and stories and, you know, historical documents and pictures and TV shows and all this kind of stuff. So, I mean, there's a lot to, to choose from during Pride to actually bring into the classroom as well that can probably suit a wide variety of contexts uh and so that's probably a reason why pride would be a good month to actually um, look around and see what's out there
1: it's great now, like there are so sir? many different things yes yeah, sorry my apologies no i, I was just going to say that you know i absolutely love um the pride march i've been on the pride march in um in brazil i've been on the pride march in sydney in australia however this oh, year oh me too It's amazing. Like the one in Sydney is just like it was
6: so good. So good. It was the first one that I ever went to, actually. It was uh, the
1: first one I ever went to. Oh,
6: my God. (laughs) Were we there at the same
1: time? Who knows? Uh, That one was in 2008. Okay. no, I
6: was I was there in 2000. So I was a little bit earlier than that. Oh, you were there
1: the same time my sister was there. So you were at the same Pride March as my sister.
6: Oh, nice. Well, then we should compare notes. <laughs> <laughs> that year, there was a ton of Marilyn Monroe's walking down the street. I, I clearly remember that. And it was at night, or late like in the evening anyway. And it yeah. was much more, I don't know, not appropriate, but fun in a way. Like Toronto's one is in the middle of the day, like at that one o'clock in the afternoon. And so it doesn't have the same theatrical sort of feeling that the one in Sydney did. And I, I, I've never liked it. That's much like by comparison. Yeah. But, uh.
1: but yeah, this year, the one that we have in Seville is while we are over in Rome, and the one that there is in Rome is while we are in Seville. So we don't get yeah. to go to Pride. So my daughter doesn't get to see her first Pride yet. So that will have to wait mm-hmm. until next year. Um, are there water strange?
6: guns and things like that involved in yours usually?
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, in Seville, yeah, because it's, it's just insanely hot. So. Yeah, yeah it's, well, same. It's absolutely crazy. I mean, that's one crazy. of the parts
6: I like about it. <laughs> yeah, and they throw beads and things like that um, quite often. Amazing. You know, there's one interesting thing. I I don't want you to answer this necessarily, but maybe think about. Um, there's a discussion about sort of whitewashing pride to um, to appeal to a wide variety of straight white. Families, for example. Um, and it is suggesting that kink, for example, is not an appropriate thing to include at Pride, even though kink is part of the queer community, like it's an essential part of the queer community. But there are, you know, Christian families and whatever, I'm just saying that, I don't know that, um, coming to Pride who are complaining that there shouldn't be half naked men or any celebration of unusual things. "Quote unquote," because children will be there, et cetera. and etc. Um, and I think you that's a good. You choose
1: where to take your children. If you choose to take your children to a pride march, now, you know, I, I I'm happy for for whatever to happen in the pride march. Obviously, for it to be represented, like nobody's going to like ask for public lewdness, like that's for whatever kind of march you have. But yeah, I'm, I, I think. Everything should be on the table, as it were. Like you know, I'm, I'm. Yeah, I mean, I'm. I'm not. I'm certainly not.
6: I don't want you to be the spokesperson of straight white guy. Um, that's Thank you.
1: Attention. I don't want to be that guy. Please, <laughs> no, not you're not guy.
6: anyway. You're not anyway. Um, um, but my perspective on this, for anybody listening, as a question mark, is um, why demonize one aspect of of something? Why make something about the queer community inappropriate for another group of people? That I think is um, something worth exploring, even as we trickle it down to ELT materials in terms of like, what type of queer should be included, you know, in the yeah. ELT materials, you know. So that's a good question to ask yourself.
1: It is. On that question, we're gonna take a quick two minutes. And when we come back, we're gonna talk about when it's okay to judge people. Right then. <laughs>
0: Imagine a world where you were free
2: to focus on sparking curiosity in your students and giving them access to the awe and wonder of learning. A world where you were supported to deliver a truly personalized education to help all your learners achieve their potential. No need to imagine it because that's exactly what the Oxford Smart Curriculum Service delivers. Seamlessly integrating curriculum, resources, assessment, next steps and professional development
3: £60 in bursary. Terms and conditions apply. Find out more at stevewoods.co.uk
4: If you're listening to this, then we know we share one thing in common, a passion for the type of outstanding education that every child deserves. That's what makes us the leading provider of specialist education and care. We need people like you to help us achieve even more. With us, you'll be given all the resources and support you need, offered a clear path to career progression, And be rewarded with some of the best salaries and benefits the industry has to offer we are with a slack group if you'd like to find out more we'd love to hear from you visit www.withaslackgroup.co.uk forward slash careers and be part of our future
1: welcome back everybody i hope you can hear me and my microphone hasn't disappeared again Uh, it seems that we can so um of all the things to say right before shooting off there, um, when is it okay to judge people? Um, <clears throat> after everything we've been talking about, surely it's never okay to judge. Is it ever okay to judge, Tyson? You've you've disappeared again. You've disappeared like the last time. Technology between ad breaks, I, I, I'm telling you what, it, it does something. I don't does know something. why. Oh, you're back.
6: Okay. I,
1: it Hello seems again. like
6: when you, you mute me and then unmute me, it doesn't seem to work. That's all. Oh, it's, I it's, have to unmute myself.
1: It's almost certainly my fault. Like, I'm I, I guaranteeing you, you know, it almost certainly is. <laughs> well, anyway, so. I don't think
6: it's ever okay to judge Tyson. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I, that's a good question, Harry. I'm not entirely sure. Um, when you feel it is correct or good to, to judge anything. Um, why don't you explain why you, why you bring this up?
1: Because um, well, you are, as, so I understand, um, judging something quite significant, whether we're allowed to share what it is or what it isn't. It's something quite significant that you've been chosen to be a judge for, which seems pretty incredible. Where did you hear this? I heard on a grapevine.
6: Hmm. That's very interesting.
1: But I I want to know how you feel about that. Just the idea of being chosen. Like that to me seems like a massive thing.
6: Uh, well, I think we should probably, you know, talk about what it is that we're talking about, I guess. I think it's, you're talking about the Elton's, is it not?
1: I am indeed. Yes. The, See, this is the
6: the funny thing, Harry. Is I don't know that I have been chosen to judge anything on on the Eltons.
1: So, ah, okay, this I thought it was a had.
6: surprise to me. No,
1: ah, um, I thought you had. My apologies. In which case, no. I I had heard. So I was it, I, I was excited that I was in the presence of of one of the chosen few.
6: Well, I mean, it might be possible. I suppose I don't know. The it would it, it was just a little bit curious why you wanted to talk about the elton's with me and i was like i'm not really sure what it is the only thing i knew was my book has been submitted for an elton
1: i do know that you won't you won't be judging then you'll be being judged i I would be surprised if i was judging anything yeah Ah, but your book has been submitted
4: yeah So you're in the running
1: for an elton which is even better than being a judge (laughs) i hope so (laughs) i think it definitely is it was, my
6: publishers, you know, the way that the Eltons work basically is you have to, someone has to nominate your work and that is quite often you or your publishers. I had nothing to do with it. My publishers just submitted it themselves. And um, then it goes through multiple rounds of judging. Uh, and as far as I know, I've- Which is not you apparently. My, I don't know I've how I heard one that. Round and, well, I'd be curious to find out that later, wink, wink. Um, but I think ultimately my answer to your question is I don't know how I feel about the Elton's to be perfectly honest I have I've never attended them I've never watched them before and um I don't particularly pay much attention to awards shows in general and I think um one of the reasons for that is because I have been wary of the process of how these things are determined. And in, in past, I don't, I don't know that it was the Elton's per se, but some awards in the past I was involved in terms of being nominated for something. I think it was my blog at one point. And it was, it turned out to be more of a popularity contest. Like it was like, you know, you made it through a certain number of rounds and then it was sort of open to the public to vote for you like American Idol or something like that. And it was just who had the most friends it seemed was the one who could spread their
1: message furthest to, 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 yeah,
6: well, that's absolutely part of it as well. And, you know, that's the entire driving force for why I have a social media presence is that I can
1: corral all
6: sorts of people to vote for me for awards, (laughs) but, um, I, I heard, um, When I criticized the existence of the Eltons at one point, I think I heard some people really need it for um, future work, for example, like if they if they do win an award, then it is something in their country or or amongst publishers or, or what have you, I don't really know that can really help them find extra work and, you know, give them some credibility. And so for that reason, maybe they do serve a purpose. And if I were to win, I would be very delighted regardless of my
1: personal feelings yeah well that's it i i i never knew like and i've never known any of the judges or who they are so when i heard that you were going to be one of the judges i was like well they have got amazing judges then that's brilliant so i was i was convinced
6: the source of your information you're going to have to go back to now and go like um no i no. just made a fool of myself on my own tv show
1: Exactly, which is brilliant. <laughs> which is brilliant news. Um but I I'm also nominated for, for an Elton, so hopefully well, I could see you, you there, are. which would be lovely. Um now technically I what at the twenty twenty ceremony, a project that I'm working on won an Elton. Wow. But I can't you go really even? take <laughs> any credit for it. I was on, it was online, so I went and, and watched it. But yeah, I can't take any credit for it because it was for the, the Pearson and BBC Live classes that I do. And it was obviously mm. the nomination from the year before. So mm. it was for the teachers from the year before. But then the year I was working on it, it won an award. So, you know, you know.
6: Well, you know, if you want to be like full disclosure, I submitted my own, my first book for an Elton once the Academic Reading Circles book. At the time, I was like, yeah, let's give it a try, you know, see what happens. And um, my, I didn't make it to the end. My, my category, I think, was won by um, the ELT Commute podcast. Do you remember them? I do, I uh, do. Lindsay's, Lindsay's podcast. And I remember going like, damn it. <laughs> 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 Why did they win and I didn't? Um, but, uh, you know... It sorry you everyone a can hear my
1: confused. dog i'm just going to go on mute so you can talk for a moment i'm just going to go on mute
6: okay yeah it just felt like there was a um a little bit of me conforming to society's expectations because i was a little disappointed that my book didn't didn't win <laughs> and uh you know as much as i like to thwart all sorts of expectations Which is entirely what queering um, is—to—to thwart the expectation that anything is the default. I still feel like if I were to win an Elton or be, or be, you know, the you know the nominees are—I didn't even know if that's what happens. Um, Then I would be still quite delighted to sit in the audience and come up and make a speech and all that kind of stuff, you know, participating in certain societal norms.
1: But come on, who doesn't who one? doesn't yeah. who doesn't want to go up there and, and have their their Oscar moment? Everybody wants yeah, that, surely. It'll be all
6: about like, well, what am I gonna wear? <laughs> if
1: if one of us wins, the other one should definitely not approach the stage and slap the other person because I've seen that happen at awards ceremonies. Apparently mm-hmm. it doesn't go down very well. No. Uh, no. Well, I don't know if we're in the
6: same category or not.
1: I don't know, but um,
6: are there categories? I assume there's categories. There are categories,
1: yeah. There are definitely categories. Uh, I uh, am not really well. If we
6: were in the same category and you won, I would go up and I would like do a bowing thing to you, you know.
1: I'll do. I'll do do the same.
6: All right. There's a deal.
1: If we get through to the to the final round, obviously. Um,
6: Yeah, obviously.
1: Fingers crossed. Um, Mm -hmm. So there's excellence in digital innovation. Mm. Innovation in learner resources, innovation in teacher resources, excellence in course innovation, excellence in local innovation. Mm. So would would you go as teacher resources? resources, I imagine. Probably. I think mine might be learner resources. Oh, well,
6: you know, then I'm not not sure
1: whatsoever. No, I don't I don't I don't think so, but it was for the, one of the projects I did in the past.
6: Isn't there like a like literally an an inclusive equity and in
1: a com- a, com- a commendation thing, yeah, that you get commended that, so I think Sensations got commended last year as did the Digital Learning Associates. Exactly,
6: but. that's what I was going to mention with them. I mean, I wanted to mention them anyway because they're really
1: yeah so good i 've been really lucky to to work with them on a few different bits and pieces oh, really? and nice. um, if, I, I was I was recently working for i was making a a pack for them for a video about um an an indian rocket scientist a female indian rocket scientist and it 's exactly that representation that's that 's necessary you know and mm. it talks about the societal norms and it talks about you know whether you should be married or not and these are things that are going into classrooms like everywhere right Sounds these are good. being used by people everywhere so it the things that i've I've seen within their materials it's just it's it's brilliant it's
6: yeah i mean the first the first one that caught me um i like they went on my radar was wenzel's blog um, yeah they did one on makeup and how makeup empowered them and i i thought oh my god this is like an amazing example of, you know, just a vlog, let alone um, an ELT resource, and uh, and so I, I at first was a little bit like, oh, you know, is this the one and only kind of thing? But then I looked at all sorts of their other resources and was quite amazed with the, the breadth of representation. And um, then I I partnered with them um, for TD Sig. <laughs> for the pre-conference event that eventually was canceled but we were doing it on social emotional learning and they had a whole series or a new series on the ready to run
1: yep ready to run series
6: uh that included the castle framework that we were going to talk about in that PCE and then I was super excited because I got to like I was going to give away some of their memberships and all that kind of stuff but then you know sadly the Sig PCE was canceled so it never happened but Um, I'm still, I've heard rumblings that they have somehow included parts of my book in terms of determining how to set up some of their videos, although I don't have proof of that. Um, I just heard that through the grapevine, kind of like you heard I was going to do that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, Yeah, the thing that that I, I really love is, you know, so they've set it up and they actively try and ensure that their materials cover, I don't want to say everything, but it isn't ever tokenistic. It's never done in that kind of, uh, so they've got, I think, you know, 17 or 18 videos based around sustainability. And and each of their videos, you can see where they would fit within the sustainable development goals. Like, so if it's, nice. so, so all of their materials are like focused in that way. And like, this sounds like it's turned into an advert for, for DLA to be, well, I mean,
6: and rightly so, let's be honest.
1: But that's what I was about to say. Like they, they for me, are a shining example of, of the way materials should be created because they're relevant, they're, you know, they're, it's, it's real English, I'm doing inverted commas again. Um, the materials are authentic and they are inclusive. Exactly.
6: And if people are creating those types of materials, they need to have their voices amplified by people like us. So promo or not, they deserve to get all the attention that they're getting or will Definitely. get as a result of us talking about them. Millions of people, crossed. millions of people.
1: <laughs> um, yeah. Let's see if we can reach the same number of downloads as your, your previous one. Um, hopefully.
6: Well, I think it's possible, you know, let's, let's just do it.
1: But who, who remembers Jaws 2, the return? That's the thing. <laughs> oh but but Terminator 2 it was way better it was let's be terminator
6: yeah i think so there you go We've Come decided with me if we decided we had to live.
1: <laughs> exactly that. <laughs> oh uh tyson it's been brilliant um it's been lovely as always a lovely chat uh, it's been great to to catch up with you i i almost forgot we were on the radio for a moment or two there um yeah, I know, because right? it's just it just it i don't know it's it feels so natural to be able to talk about these things and as always i've 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 learned some things from you um i think the thing i learned i've learned most from you is don't be afraid to ask questions and don't not say something cuz you think you might be saying it wrong hmm. you know if i Good. if i if i don't want to come on and oh i don't want to be able to say that you're gay because i don't know if that's the right way no i'm gonna say it and if i say something wrong i'm confident that you'll say you shouldn't say it like that because Mm -hmm. you know that there's no malice meant from what i'm saying it just comes from a place of ignorance um (laughs) 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 improved enlightenment is what i need basically so yeah well it's been amazing consider
6: yourself enlightened and i'm i'm very happy to be a part of this you know
1: back and forth with you as always. You know, It is, it is great. And uh, I'm sure there will at some point be a, a part three uh, in the well, near you know, future. There's a, you never end with sequels. There's always a trilogy. Well, exactly. Well, we could become the Fast and the Furious. Yeah, I don't know. Like <laughs> number 76. <laughs> anyway, on that note, Tyson, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much. Talk to you later. You were indeed. And everybody else, I'll I'll hear you next week. Bye, everyone.
0: You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on
6: Teachers Talk Radio.